when we were talking about the bullet points and not being scripted, like if you if you are genuine and you're yourself uh, and, and you work with people um, who are attracted to that, uh, everything turns out so much better, which is why, you know, if you act like yourself on a video and you attract people who like that person, uh, you're probably going to have a, a really good working relationship. Whereas opposed to if everything's uh, scripted and formal and you were putting on an act, you're attracting people who are uh, attracted to that act. So it, it, it permeates the entire workflow. So yeah, behind the scenes, making the video, yeah, you have to align with the person. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, I'm trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, Startup Marketing listeners, today is going to be a great conversation about how to effectively use video and be successful in video content creation for your business. Our guest is Peter Kelly of Peter Kelly Media, where he combines his passion for making engaging videos with helping other businesses attract paying clients, something we all like to do, right? Peter has over 15 years experience making corporate videos as well as working in the Canadian television industry. He's worked for companies like Glassbox Television and Blue Ant Media, and on projects like Inc., Alter Egos Exposed, and the Byte TV sitcom Guidance. Through all of his experience, he's learned how to tell a story so it resonates with the viewer. And today, he's going to break down all of that experience into actionable insights for you to use video to help grow and scale your business. It's something that I don't do enough incorporating video myself into my website or my social media, so I am super excited to get inspired and learn how to use more video. So let's dive in. Hi, Peter, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. I am excited to be here. Thank you. So I, for listeners, I did not press record and we were like three questions in and I realized, so we, we are starting over. I love it because it's real and we're going to get into that again. It's so real. (laughs) All right. So tell us, Peter, a little bit about what you do and what your background is. Uh, I start with my background. So about 20 years ago, I started off as an editor in television. So I've been, ever since then, I've actually been making Canadian television uh, to different degrees. And about 12 years ago, I had a job, a really nice job editing. And, uh, and from the comfort of the edit room, my boss kept hearing me give him advice. I'm like, oh, the mm-hmm. camera guy should have done this. Oh, as a producer, you should have done this. And eventually he was like, well, if you think you can do better, go do it. Right. And he kind of forced <laughs> me into producing. And I found that I really enjoy it. Um, and, and since then I've been, 
like I said, I still work in, in TV, but my focus has been on corporate video and I help business owners and people who aren't used to being on camera make videos, yeah. uh, usually starring them, uh, to <laughs> talk about who they are and what they do. That's awesome. And I think video video content is so, so dynamic when it comes to being able to like tell your story and things like that. I know I have been building a landing page. I, I needed to pull it together pretty quick um, the, in the past couple of days for a new project that I'm doing. And as I was prepping for this interview and I've, you know, I've done the research and obviously being a marketer, I know that video content is really, really good. And I purposely set space aside on that landing page for a video because I find that when I record, even when it's just me talking to a camera and I'm not actually having a face-to-face conversation with somebody, I'm so much more passionate and like my my points are made a lot better and I just feel like I connect better than when I'm like typing out words on a page, even though I've, you know, I hire somebody to write words, you know, write the copy for me professionally, um, that video, it just seems to do better, a better job of conveying my, my message. Um, so the thing is though, and I was wondering this, like, as I was recording it, I was just recording it. Like, I think I turned zoom on and I was like, good, I'm going to just record myself talking right here because I only have like, I've got a couple of days to pull it together. So I don't even have I don't have the time, you know, budget aside, I don't have the time to like contract out and get a professional video made. But my question was, and I was wondering, like, does it hurt that it's homemade versus being professionally done or what, you know, does it matter? It does not matter anymore. Uh, I say that as somebody who makes videos for a living, uh, <laughs> but the reality is uh, video is so uh, persuasive or, or it's so predominant everywhere. Um, what wouldn't have been acceptable 15 years ago is perfectly normal now. So if you go on mm-hmm. social media, there's tons of people who have just filmed themselves at home. Um, you wouldn't go to a movie theater to see a, a right. feature film that was that, but on on a website or on a, on a social media platform, that's totally acceptable. Um, and my big thing is start making videos yourself and you'll see the benefit of it and it'll help your business. And then you'll get to a point where you, where you then hire a professional like me. Uh, mm-hmm. So if the only thing stopping you is whether you can hire a professional or not, do it yourself. If you have a smartphone, mm. I promise you, you can do it yourself. That's really good. That's really good advice. And I think, I think sometimes it's intimidating to say, okay, I'm going to hire somebody to come make a video of me. Um, but it, it doesn't really have to be necessarily. And I've heard this advice from other people too, where they're like, just start, just put your, you know, put your smartphone on, throw a filter on. If you don't feel like you look great, you know, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you look fine, but you can throw a filter on it too. So how do you kind of like strip out the intimidation of being on camera for people? If they're like, Nope, that's not for me. I can't do it. Well, I, I, uh, it's, it's harder to justify not being on camera post COVID because so Mm -hmm. many of us are doing zoom. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's becoming less of a problem, but, but it is still, there are people who I don't, I don't do well on camera. They say that, um, mm-hmm. the reality is if you can leave your house, um, and, and be reasonably confident in how you speak and how you look, you <laughs> right. can do that for video. 
right. video, the intimidation factor is the permanent thing. You know, it's a permanent mm-hmm. recording and people treat it like it's some archive that is going to be viewed by millions and going to be analyzed when, when that's not the case. The reality mm-hmm. is um, people watch a video once and then they move on. And yeah. if you're not perfect, people will accept that. You don't right. have to be, I'm not perfect when I'm talking to people day to day. So if I make a video and I stumble a little bit, uh, it's very easy to just leave it in and move on because it, it mm-hmm. don't get hung up. If you stumble so badly with a video that you're horribly embarrassed, you can just not release that video and re-record. That's the other beauty right. of it. Like, it's okay. <laughs> right. The first time I did anything on camera by myself, there was 37 takes. Uh, and oh as a gosh. professional, I'm horribly embarrassed to admit that, but that was the reality. I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, the other yeah. factor worth noting, when you're filming yourself, when you're looking at a lens, uh, it's okay to not be comfortable because the lens isn't reacting the way a human being would. Like right now, right. I'm looking at you right. and you're nodding, you're smiling. I, okay, yep. okay, she's listening. I, I'm seeing all these cues where when you're filming a video, the lens doesn't, doesn't react at all. So, <laughs> so it does take a little bit of practice. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where between the first video and, and your fifth video, you will see an improvement. Mm -hmm. And if you need it, Mm -hmm. let me give you permission right now. You can make a video that stinks, you know, that, that'll free up. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And something, another piece of advice that, um, someone gave me too, and it might've actually been in regards to like going live or something on Instagram or Facebook or something like that. But it was to not necessarily script out word for word what you want to say because then you get really focused on like am i am am i delivering this memorized speech and it's really to just kind of have like the bullet points that you need to hit and then to kind of like trust yourself to deliver the message hit those points and and kind of wrap it up nice and neat and then it feels a lot more natural to you yeah. and it comes across more natural obviously because you're not like you're not kind of trying to pretend to read something yeah. or not read something that's like sitting on your desk um that kind of ends up coming across maybe a little bit stiffer than you might normally yeah the video if you're using video correctly uh, as a marketing tool you're introducing yourself to people as much as you're doing anything else whatever if you're there to talk about a product or a service talk about it but you're also letting people know who you are and if you're mm-hmm. spending all of your energy either uh, remembering a script that you've memorized or or you're reading it then the people aren't seeing you they're seeing mm-hmm. you rehearsing or delivering something that was prepared <laughs> even 20 minutes or earlier. I, I am a big fan of the bullet point. So the, yeah. the beauty of that system is you're organized. You know what you're going to talk about in roughly what yep. order, um, but yep. then you can flow in the moment. And I, I mm-hmm. again, this comes to my like documentary background where it's all well and good to have everything planned, but in the moment, just let people say what feels natural at the time, and it comes off as far more genuine, and you're far more likely to connect with uh, with the viewer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's I think that's really great advice, and I think especially as entrepreneurs, you know, using video to kind of sell yourself or your services, because the thing about 
selling when you are an entrepreneur, I feel like it's it's one part selling your product and services, yes. But like you said, it's really about selling yourself too and kind of you, who you are. And I mean, I, I kind of use this in my own decision-making process when I'm looking at vendors and things like that and I'm deciding, okay, who am I going to work with? Um, especially if it feels like something that is a big decision to me. If I if I talk to the person and I get a weird vibe from them, like I can't identify it, I'm like, technically you're fine. Everything you're saying to me like checks all of the boxes. And um, yes, I think you can do a good job. But if there's like something off about it, um, I won't go with them. Yeah. Maybe that's not a great – No, no. Know, that might not be a great business decision. <laughs> um, but it's just – and so I feel like it's kind of the same thing with a video. You know, like you you have to be able to kind of sell like yourself and your personality as well. And so I think using video to do that is really a very effective way Um once you get past kind of that intimidation. Yeah. I know well, people, it's the know, like, and trust. People have to yes. know you before they can hire you. If they don't know you exist. So the more videos you make, the more people are going to mm-hmm. see it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then at this point, I know I've got people that like me because they've seen me on video. They've, you know, there's something about me that just resonates with them. I'm mm-hmm. sure I've also had the opposite. I'm sure there's people who have, I haven't interacted with who saw my videos and thought, no, I don't like him. There's something about him that we yeah. just don't yeah. align. Uh, and yeah. that's fine too. It's a weeding out process. They're not wasting my yeah. time now. I'm not wasting theirs. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, it's that trusting your gut. That's I've, I know twice in my career, I didn't trust my gut because on paper, everything looked good. And both times I regretted it. So mm-hmm. go with mm-hmm. go with your gut always. Absolutely. So how how can entrepreneurs or small businesses or really, I mean, businesses of any size, in all honesty, how can they be using video marketing and how can they do it really effectively? Because I think that's kind of the other key to that question yeah. is using it effectively. <laughs> well, the biggest thing is to figure out what, what it is you want to accomplish. Because mm-hmm. I've had sometimes have a client who they'll tell me what kind of video they want. Uh, and then I'll ask them, okay, so what's what do you want to happen after somebody watches the video? And mm-hmm. that's the bigger thing, right? So, mm-hmm. so then I'll determine how to use it. Um, it and then from there, it's just a matter of figuring out how best how best we deliver that. Um, uh, kind of gone down a path here. I'm trying to think. I of- think that's I think that's a really good point. Um, it's so video marketing isn't actually that different from all the other kinds of marketing. So if you are placing a digital ad, for example, like you should know what needs to happen after somebody clicks on that ad. Um, whether you want to call it creating a funnel or goal setting or whatever it is, generally you should, or you should want to know, (laughs) you know, what's going to happen. What, um, what action is this person going to take after they see this advertisement? And I actually hadn't even thought of video in the same way. Like I, I had kind of been thinking of it in terms of just like building that, like no trust factor, um, but I suppose it makes a lot of sense to say, okay, there's – I need to know like what this person – what I want them to do after they watch this video. Is it to book a consultation? Is it to join my email list? Or what? what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? So I think that's a really important piece there, that I hadn't considered. There was a survey done I think in 2018 where 
uh, 46% of people who watch video online will take an action uh, mm. if you instruct them to. And you'd be mm. amazed at the amount of videos that people make where there's no call to action. Uh, yeah. I actually had a potential client a couple of years ago show me the video they had on their website. And it was for like a, a party event. Like a, it was actually axe throwing. And ah. the video was uh, cut to music. It was very exciting. Uh, it was like high energy. And it left me, you know, after like, I'm going to say a minute, minute and a half. It was just like, this looks like a really fun thing to do. Yeah. And then the video ended. <laughs> and I was like, well, oh. what do you want me to do now? And they're like, well, you should book right. a session. And I was like, where did you say book a session? Book a session. Where, where's the contact mm-hmm. information? If I find this video randomly on YouTube, you know, where is the know. link back to your website? Like mm-hmm. I, you, you got to tell somebody what you want them to do so that way they can do it. Right. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think sometimes as the creators of the content, you're like, well, this is super obvious. Of course. <laughs> Of course, if I put this video on my landing page talking about my new course, you're going to sign up for it. Right. Yeah. Like that's obviously what else would you do? (laughs) It's amazing. They could do a lot of things. Yeah. (laughs) If you don't have that third party that, you know, some outside person observing, uh, sometimes you get so lost in the weeds, you, you, you get lost. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I think um, I'm going to have to go back and watch the video. I'm pretty sure at the end I said, contact me. Um, but now, obviously, I'm going to watch <laughs> it with a little bit more scrutiny um, to to see if that is that is the case. Um, to go back to an, go ahead. Say, to go back to the effectiveness, once you figure out what your call to action is, yeah. like that really is where you should start your video and then reverse engineer it. Okay, mm. what what do I want them to do? And then figure out, okay, so what topic or what am I going to talk about that leads naturally into that? Because I don't want to talk, you know, 20 minutes about uh, an adventure I had with my dog this weekend. And then at the very end go, oh, and if you need a video, right? Like that doesn't make any (laughs) sense. But if then, okay, I want people to call me to make a video, what can I do Mm -hmm. that leads into that to make it a natural call to action? Right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I am rethinking it. (laughs) I'm sure my other video is probably fine because I did like I did think through like okay who like who am I talking to what are the points that I want to make here like what you know I kind of thought through um and I do distinctly remember now saying contact me um but I think just thinking it through a little bit more again I was like I'm going to build this landing page in 2 days and and publish it um so I think that's all really good. Well, again, it goes back to, to you know, your first video doesn't have to be perfect and you right. can make another one. Like really, right. the reality is whenever you look back at anything, you're going to see the flaws because yeah. once you've done it a couple of times, you've gotten better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you, you're like, I could, I, 20 years I've been doing this. I still look back at stuff I made three years ago and think, ah, I should have done this, right? right. Because I'm better right. than I was. Yeah. Absolutely. So what is the biggest mistake that you see entrepreneurs making when it comes to crafting their message, especially when it comes to to creating a video? So the single biggest thing is uh, not having a call to action, uh, which I think we've covered. Uh, the second biggest would be they talk about themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And I can sit here and tell you for 20 minutes about all of the editing I've done. Um, and at a certain point, I'm just listing my resume. But if I convert that into, okay, listen, I've done a lot of documentary work, which means 
I'm used to people who aren't actors and I make mm. them look good on camera. So then I translated into what, what does the viewer get out of this? What's the benefit for the viewer? Mm. It's like, if you hire me, I'm going to X. And you kind of explain, it's that bridging, here's my experience. And then yeah. explains, how does that benefit the viewer? How are you going to translate it? So uh, your service or your product makes their life better. And I think right. people get so wrapped up in, I have to sell me, me, me. And they mm -hmm, forget, mm -hmm. no, 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 explain how you're going to make someone else's life easier. Because that's why I get right. hired. I get hired for people who want who want the videos, but they don't yeah. want to have to do the work. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think I can see how it easily gets lost thinking about something like that. Um, because again, you're like, well, I've got to sell you on on myself and like all of my accomplishments. Um, but I think what you're saying is, is spot on. It's you, you kind of, you always have to remember in any type of marketing that you're creating for your business, like how does this add value to the person who is coming and looking at it? Like what, what problem am I solving? What challenge am I addressing? What part of your life am I making easier? I like that phrase. I've kind of, I've start, I've, I've heard a lot recently of like, um, talking about like the pain that people feel. And I'm like, why do I want to remind you like how painful this is? Um, you know, I mean, on some level, I'm sure I'm going to no matter what, but I like that, you know, like what, how am I making your life easier? Because I think that who doesn't want their life to be yeah. made easier by something. And if I can say that, um, you know, probably not leading in with that exact phrase in a video, but if I can kind of make that message really clear, um, I think that's, that's super beneficial to to everyone involved and it's probably going to lead your videos to converting better and getting you more leads than when you're just kind of listing off that resume and like okay here's all of my experience don't you think I'm great yeah yeah one of the things that I I, I do it's again this comes from my television background but I'm always thinking about the viewer What's the viewer experience on this, right? It doesn't matter whether I had a month to make the video or if I made two hours. I can't put a little caveat saying, oh, by the way, this would look better if I had, had the money to buy a sand, <laughs> to hire a sand man. Um, and, and so like with everything, you have to think about who's the end user. I did a corporate yeah. video last week and it was a large corporation and they were talking about their move to customer for first service. And there's like all mm -hmm. of our focus in 2021 will be customer centric. We always have to think about the customer in every decision we make. And I thought, A, that was a great message. But B, I was like, what have you been doing up until now? Right? Like, <laughs> right. like, like I don't care if you're completely uh, behind the scenes doing paperwork, right? If you're not doing something that's going to ultimately benefit your customer, uh, your approach to business doing? was a bit odd. <laughs> So did you end up like course correcting or is that like, no, that was, that was their messaging. And that was the message. Yeah. So I, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I can give some advice to a client, uh, but if that was their core message for their staff this year, it's not my position to, that's to, true. to, to tell them. To... <laughs> hey, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, not necessarily weird, but I, and I get it. I mean, coming from a corporate environment, right. That is a very corporate message yes, yes. to, to put out there. Um, you know, I think in all honesty, I'm, I'm thinking back, like, um, in my previous organization, like each year, uh, there would be some like theme for the year. Yep. Right. And that was like what they used to hype us up at every single, like quarterly, quarterly management meeting and, and things like that. And, they were all probably some variation of like, 
we're serving our customer and we're being like more customer focused, if I'm being honest. Um, I worked somewhere yeah. and they had a big poster right beside my office for like two years. It just said integrity. And every time I saw it, I thought, you know, if you have to convince us to have integrity, we have a problem with our corporate culture here. <laughs> like that should be an assumed one. But that is that is very true. HR I did not like me when I said that to them. <laughs> But it's, I mean, it's true. We, we, I worked at a financial institution and, um, when the chief marketing officer that I reported to when he got hired on, um, kind of like pointed something very similar out and he was like, you know, we could like maybe have some more like personalized core values to our organization. Um, he was like, if as a financial institution, we don't have integrity, like, yeah, you don't who's, have anything. Who's going to give us our money? <laughs> their money, <laughs> like so. Messaging I, is I totally, important. Messaging is important in video, on posters, <laughs> wherever you're putting it, it is important. Um, so, when you think about um, shifting gears just a little bit, when you think about like when you create a video, there are plenty of places that, as a as a business owner, I can put my video. Does it matter? do I need to film a different version for like social media versus my website versus YouTube? Um, even though YouTube is a form of social media or can like one video really kind of be split up and put onto each channel or how do you kind of coach your clients in that regard? Uh, my, my short answer is yes. So what I tell my clients is, um, we'll make multiple versions of the same video. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to film something different, but you have to know what ha the strengths and weaknesses of each platform. Facebook mm -hmm. behaves very differently than Twitter. Uh, so there yeah. are certain things that if I'm going to put a video on Twitter that I'll do that um, aren't necessarily needed on Facebook. Yeah. So it's a matter of determining which platforms are your focus. Uh, and side note, pick one or two. Don't try to do mm -hmm. them all, especially when yes. you're starting. Um, so, and then figure out what are the strengths of those platforms and film for those. And then mm -hmm. if you want to put it on other platforms, uh, we can make variations of it um, yeah. on, on its most base level. And I have clients who I recommend this every single time and only about half take me up on it. I'm a big believer of have a version on your website and a slightly different version on YouTube because the one on mm -hmm. YouTube should say, go to my website. And the one on mm -hmm. your website should not end with go to my website because they're already <laughs> there. So give them a right. different direction. Um, so yeah. it's a knowing, knowing the strengths of the platform and what the person can do from there. Because you can't buy from YouTube, but they can right. go to your website and from your website they can buy. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's one of the pros of working with a professional Um one of the pros. I will rephrase that and say one of the benefits of working with a professional. That's what I was trying to get at there is that you can kind of help like manage and show like, hey, here's how you can use each of these videos. Here's how we'll tweak them so that when you get those final videos delivered to you, you have ones that work in each of the spaces. And I think sometimes um, I know this was something that I just kind of had to learn over over time as a marketing manager was that like you you really do have to kind of know where you're going to put each of them and then be upfront about that. Because even though, you know, sometimes like in the beginning, I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to tell you that I'm going to use it in all these different places, not because like I'm doing anything weird with it, but I'm just like, 
from a budgetary standpoint, I was like, oh, that's going to be like another, like, however much money to cut me another video. But in reality, it's a not actually that expensive to get all of those iterations. Because like you said, you filmed one and now you are just kind of like slightly, you're you're changing small parts of the editing process. So it's not like you have to film five different videos. Um, but somebody, somebody who knows how to create videos is going to help guide you and tell you like, okay, here's how we, and think through the little things like go visit my website versus contact me or go to this page or follow this link and, and purchase, um, you know, and it's those small things that sometimes I think not sometimes definitely add the polish that kind of set you apart from, you know, just somebody who maybe didn't think through that. It's, right. it's subconsciously, I think people connect those dots and go like, oh, they really have their stuff together. I found them on YouTube and they said to go to their website and here I am on their website and now they're telling me to purchase. Like subconsciously they recognize the the flow and the polish behind all of that. Half of what I do actually is subconscious effects. Like even <laughs> I'll, I'll, the type of music I'll put in a video mm-hmm. will you know dictate the tone a lot of the times. And I'll I'll put it in so low um, in the middle of a video that people barely notice it, but it's there yeah. and it's like okay, this is a high energy piece. So now the person subconsciously feels a little more high energy. Um, mm. So yeah, subconscious things like the it's the, you're right. The little things add up and can make a world of difference. Yeah, absolutely. So I think we're kind of like on on the press or on the track of talking about like what are the benefits of really working with a professional videographer? So you get like kind of those small little subconscious elements and you get that guidance. Is there anything else that you would say like, hey, if you are at a point where you you can't afford and you're making that decision, you know, do I do it myself or do I hire a professional? And I I can afford to hire the professional if I want to. Like, what's the benefit of working with somebody aside from kind of the stuff that we've already hit on? Um, well, video is a collaborative process. Like we had mm-hmm. said earlier, like there's the sometimes you don't think about something. Um, and video always has been um, like going back to filmmaking days. It's you can't. It used to be you couldn't do everything by yourself. You had to get a group of people. So mm-hmm. by its nature, the more people you have involved, if you're doing it right, um, the better the overall product is. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing is just the simple – you don't have to think about stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I understand the strengths and weaknesses of the platforms. So you don't have to put the energy into that. You can tell me here are the two platforms – um, that I'm looking at and I can tell you, okay, here's what I think we should do and why. So a professional, yeah. it honestly, it just comes down to experience. If somebody's done something, mm-hmm, you know, 40, 50 times and you haven't, um, you can mm-hmm. use their knowledge. You don't have to make yeah. all the mistakes yourself is what I say. You know, it's just like, yeah. there's enough other people that have made the mistakes. I can learn from them. And then the, my job as a pro is to aggregate all of everyone else's mistakes and my own, uh, and, mm-hmm. and produce something better. Uh, the yeah. other thing overall, your stuff tends to stand out better because a professional yeah. can do little things that the average person can't do. Add in music, add in graphics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, the biggest thing I do nowadays is a little color correction. And I was going to say color correction is a big deal. Sometimes people don't even notice that it's been color corrected, but they're yeah. like, oh, your video looks really nice. Or the other thing, I can add uh, a consistent color. So if you're filming mm-hmm. in like four or five different locations, but I always yeah. have it a bit of a blue tinge because your colors are blue. It doesn't have to be heavily blue, but there'll be a consistency in your branding. Um, Again, subconscious, but it goes a long way. It does. It does. And video is 
like we said, it's it's so powerful. And those things, they just really add up and make the collective experience really stand out to someone. And I think too, it shows that if you are at a point where you're you're able to invest in video and you do it, I think it demonstrates too to your your audience that like, hey, you're really serious about what you're doing. And you it kind of increases your credibility. Like any video, if you have the choice between like not being able to hire it out and doing it yourself, do it yourself. But if you are able to afford that video, it really just increases your credibility. I think people look at it and they go like, oh my gosh, like she must be at a whole new level if she is able to like hire somebody to make videos for her and they look amazing. Yeah. So. Appearance is a, a large part of my job. And, uh, and yeah. that, that's not just in the video, but to your company as a whole. A lot of people mm-hmm. uh, are solo entrepreneurs who uh, make videos and make themselves look like larger corporations. So, uh, yeah, it's all about uh, market perception. Yes, absolutely. So if I am if I am at a point where I'm ready and willing to invest in a videographer, what like what are some things that I should think about so that I maximize my investment? Uh, the single biggest thing is what what do you want the video to do? What do you want the end result to be? Uh, and then talk to a couple different people and find out what their suggestions are to accomplish that. And then you figure out which one feels right to you. Uh, if somebody is telling you that this is the way to make a video, uh, that's usually how they make videos. Uh, yeah. Where you have to find the one that that works for you because a video is an extension of your business and your personality. So yeah. my, my general approach is, okay, how do I, it's not, how would, how would I make, how would Peter Kelly make this video? It's mm-hmm. how do, how would Kath, uh, Caitlin, sorry, how would Caitlin make this video if she was making yeah. it? And how can I make that the best possible version of that? So mm-hmm. you've got to find somebody who understands what you're trying to accomplish and in a way that you're comfortable accomplishing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's um, kind of the biggest takeaway that I learned like from my corporate experience was finding finding the right fit for you and the people who can really like tell that story. Because it's one thing to say, like, you can bring the same vision to two different people and they're going to tell you two very different ways of executing that video. And neither one of them is necessarily wrong. It's just, you know, going back to the goal, like, like you said, of what do you need to accomplish, I think is really important. And there's something to be said, again, for finding somebody that you have a good rapport with and a good vibe because when you talk about that collaboration process and um, the the final output that you're going to get, if, you know, as a small business owner, when you're paying for something like that, that back and forth, that collaboration is so important to the final output of that. You know, you want to have mutual respect for not only the professional and what they want to, or they know is best to accomplish your vision. But I think it should go two ways, you know, two ways as well. They should have respect for what you want that final output to be, you know, and I've worked, like you said, I've worked with people who are like, this is how we do video. And we've gone with it and we are like, okay, you know, it's fine. Like, does it look good? Does it look like it's professionally done? Does it check our boxes? Okay, fine. Probably. 
But then when you really like advocate and you find those partners that can really kind of take your idea, they can elevate it. There's a back and forth. There's that like creative energy that comes into play. That's when I think your videos take on a whole new life and a new level that just make them so much better than like going with the first person that you you find. Yeah, no, that's, and actually that, that goes back to, you know, when we were talking about the bullet points and not being scripted. Like if you, if you are genuine and you're yourself, uh, and, and you work with people um, who are attracted to that, mm-hmm. uh, everything turns out so much better, which is why, you know, if you act like yourself on a video and you attract people who like that person, uh, you're probably mm-hmm. going to have a, a really good working relationship. Whereas yeah. opposed to if everything's uh, scripted and formal and you were putting on an act, you're attracting mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. are uh, attracted to that act. So it, it, it permeates the entire workflow. So yeah, behind the scenes, making the video, yeah, you have to align with the person. Yeah, actually yeah. a really quick example if you've ever seen buffy the vampire slayer the movie versus the tv show <laughs> it's the same writer uh but mm. the way it was delivered are so radically different uh it's a perfect example of where you know that the execution was very yeah. different to very different results mm-hmm. i think that's perfect i love that um so as as we kind of like bring this whole conversation to a close, if someone is hesitating to invest in video content, what what is the one thing you would say to them to persuade them to go for it? Uh, okay, my first reaction to that question is always, I don't. I don't try to persuade That's anybody. Fair. I That's if fair. you're not ready for video, I I honestly I don't want to work with somebody who is going to be. Uh, nervous and hesitant the entire time. You have to already come on board understanding. Uh, if in a general sense, though, the all of the market research, all of the, the data available to me shows that when it comes to marketing, the best ROI comes from video. There was a survey done in uh, January 2020 of professional marketers. So this all the info came in pre-COVID, uh, but yep. All of the numbers in terms of who was going to continue using video, who had the best, uh, like the best reactions, marketing that that led to conversions, uh, info that uh, more traffic to their website, video scored uh, the highest across the board, and all of the numbers of, of the professional marketers were like eighty and ninety percent. Like actually, ninety nine, ninety nine percent of people who used video marketing in twenty nineteen planned to do it in twenty twenty. Which means the only reason you would continue to use something is because it was making you money, right? Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to spend a hundred dollars on something that's only bringing in fifty. So mm-hmm. video has gro- been growing in leaps and bounds since I think 2012, uh, and what's what's capable online these days is I. I'm actually very frustrated by online video because everyone always treats it like it's just another place uh, to show a TV show. We still view mm-hmm. videos very linearly. That's fair. And what what video is capable of is so much more, but I won't go into that other than <laughs> if you're thinking about video, look into what the return on the investment is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that that will either sell it for you or it won't. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's a great a great point to make. Like the the conversion on video is so much better. There's a reason that um, a lot of the social media platforms rate it so highly or weight it so heavily in their algorithm. It's because it is more engaging. I think if you think about it from your own user experience, you know, what are the things that you stop and look at the most on social media? 
it's probably those videos. Um, you know, when you think about what catches your eye in terms of, um, you know, if you're Googling how to do something or how to figure something out, typically like a video is going to catch your eye more than sometimes more than, you know, like a, a list or trying to read an article about how to do something. Um, so I think that that conversion is really kind of what it comes down to. And I think if you're looking for a smart way to spend marketing dollars, if you have a very limited budget, video content is where I would invest some of that money because that ROI and that conversion is so good. And I think, you know, when you look at the statistics and you're, you're right, like people, marketers especially, will continue to invest in what makes money for their organizations. So I think kind of following that, that little trail that they're going down is always a smart, smart investment decision as a small business owner. So very, very well said there. So as, as people are listening, if they want to connect with you, um, where, where do they find you? How do they get to you? Uh, best place is my website, peterkellymedia.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Peter Kelly M. Um, that's and LinkedIn. Uh, Peter W. Kelly. Uh, hunt me up there. Um, and I'm always posting stuff to give me tips, um, either about video specific, because I know a lot of people who are on the verge, uh, they're not quite ready mm. to hire me. So I give out tips on how you can make videos better yourself. Um, and and I'm also marketing. Just as the nature of uh, being a small business owner myself, when I learn something that's helping my business, I try to share that, even if it's not video related. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Peter, thank you for being here today and for restarting our interview (laughs) back at the beginning. It has been a pleasure and I know I learned a ton today, so I am sure my listeners did as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. This was such a great and fun conversation. Peter was a great sport. I did not hit record and we had to redo the first part of our interview, but we had such an amazing conversation. I learned a lot and I feel like I'm walking away with a great deal of inspiration to begin using video more in my own marketing. And I hope you do as well. Don't forget to connect with Peter and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.